Didn't he say, guys, we have a meeting? <laughs> I know. Stop fawning over like, my daughter, Winston Elliott. Wait a second. We have an agenda? <laughs> I would be so pissed. <laughs> so annoyed that this meeting never happened. I traveled all this way. And what do we know of Ginger Roots? It's gold. It's, in, it's gold. Ginger is gold. Part two um, of our episode on uh, mythology. Uh, I'm Ice. I'm Anima. And we're your hosts. Yes. Uh, the Gods Must Be Crazy is a podcast on Philippine mythology and folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, today we continue part two of, a, of an episode that I said was going to be short, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel vindicated. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> we, we don't know how to do short episodes no. so we used to sort of and we quickly grew out of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's a very involved topic yeah involved in like the the largeness of it but also in the context of your life yeah so it's yeah. a very involved topic so i promised you that we were gonna get into a bit more of the um cosmology mm-hmm. of the early kapampangans as well mythology <laughs> mythology and beauty no, fashion and beauty tips. The cosmology as well as the, at least what appears to be the pantheon of gods, mm-hmm. right? Um, In the Kapampangan mythology. So, as always, we want to start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. A very good place to start. <laughs> so, we talked about the, in, in which episode was it? Episode 4 or 5, mm-hmm. you talked about the different creation, creation myths. myths, right? From a lot of the different regions mm-hmm. um, in the Philippines. But I think the Kapampangan one wasn't talked about yet. No, no, I don't think so. So I think now would be a good time yes. to introduce how the Kapampangans believe the world was created. Okay. Okay? So, a long, long time ago, there were a lot of gods and goddesses mm-hmm. in the universe. But of all of the gods, there was one supreme god. And the name of the god was Mangetchai. Mangetchai. Or in Kapampangan, Mangetchai. Mangachai. Which means the weaver. I love it! And it doesn't say in this account, but apparently they're called the weaver because um, the universe was kind of a big net that they wove. Mm-hmm. And then because there are holes in the net, that's how you see the stars. Because the light's shining oh, the holes in the net. That. So, Mangachai, again, some accounts... It sounds kind of sounds like Ganchillo. Yeah, yeah. Which is crochet. Gancilio, so manga chai. Um, it's funny because uh, very early accounts, obviously, again, Kapambangan is not a gendered uh, language, but it was only really in later accounts where manga chai became a uh, man. Mm-hmm. So for the purposes of we don't really know, you know, we'll keep it a bit neutral, but um, manga chai ruled the universe for several, you know, millennia. Um and the gods at that time lived in a lot of different planets. Mm-hmm. Planet, yes, and um they had a common temple that was suspended in the air. Uh huh. Right. 
So the planets are very far, far apart, and it took hundreds of years for for people to go from one planet to the other. Mm-hmm. What I find fascinating about the story is I've never heard or I can't remember of a creation myth that talked about the right. other universal body. I know. It's always like there's just people the in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in one version, so before we go to the story, in one version uh, of the story, so we talked about Mangachai as the weaver and um, they wove this net, which was the universe, and through the holes, that's where we saw stars and the moons and whatever, right? And when they were done weaving, the main hook or something that they used to weave fell to the earth. And that's how a riot um, um, got created. Okay. And that's how creation, you know, started. But in this version, so the great gods, they lived in the different planets. And uh, Mangachai ruled over them. And Mangachai lived in the sun, right? The sun. And this is me crushing. So this is so this story is a bit more gendered. So in in this one, Mangachai or Mangachai is a male, and he lived in the sun, and he had a wife mm-hmm. who lived in the moon, okay. and they had their daughter who was incredibly beautiful, and she lived in Venus, which was her name. Her name is Venus. Yeah. So Venus, her daughter, lived in a planet called after her name. What? I thought there was like a Greek or a Roman person who made it all the way to Pampanga. But said her name is Venus. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, the Supreme God sent for all his vassals to meet in a Greek council to decide on the affairs of the universe. So he called a meeting of all the gods. So they all traveled hundreds it's of years from the planet. Great meeting with the gods. And so the gods responded to the call and the elements were disturbed greatly by the swiftness of their chariot. It sounds very oh, Greek, doesn't it? So... But but when they went to that meeting, the great conference of the gods, they got distracted. Of course, as you because do. they saw Manga Chai's beautiful daughter. She's that hot. So as soon as they saw his beautiful daughter uh, seated in her golden chair, the gods were charmed by her beauty. So instead of deciding on the affairs of the universe, the gods all decided to propose marriage to uh, to Venus. I wish she had a better name, but okay. She had an actual local name. Imagine Mangachai. Mangachai, what's the name of your daughter? It's kind of like when he, someone like super local looking has a name like Winston Elliot. So- <laughs> Sorry, Winston, I love you. I love you, Winnie. Okay. <laughs> He's Filipino. <laughs> so... Um, so Mangachai was very stressed out because he didn't know how to decide on who would be the, you know, who he would um, hand over but his wait, daughters. Wait, hand in didn't marriage. he say, guys, we have a meeting. He, I know, Stop calling over like, my daughter Winston Elliot. Wait a second, we have an agenda? <laughs> there was no timekeeper in this meeting. There was no like product supply person saying, excuse me, operational discipline. Yeah, exactly. There was no project manager. So... He didn't know how he was going to decide on it. So finally, they agreed that they were going to have a combat to decide. Um, that was, you know, that escalated. Quickly. It escalated very quickly. Uh-huh. So what the gods did was they went back to their respected home, respective mm-hmm. home and they started to do preparations, right? Training montage. Like da, 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 so then, then the, the combat started, right? It spanned like thousands of years. And through <laughs> thousands of years, and through the years, almost all of the gods died. 
And I'm like, fuck it, Venus. What kind of combat was Venus being yes. single that entire time? That would be so, my God. And during the battle, I'll just marry someone. During now. the battle, oh. Mangetcher's daughter eventually died. And so that stopped all the pod bats. Okay. And the pod Because it's so long. <laughs> and then after that combat, Mangetcher was very sad because, you know, it was over and he lost his daughter. And all that remained. And the meeting never. <laughs> <laughs> they never got to tackle the bad affairs of the universe. Oh, my God. Um, and then he looked down and he saw the earth. And the earth was created from great masses of stones that were used in the fights of the gods. So mm-hmm. in commemoration of his daughter, he decided to um, create life okay. on that earth. And that's how the earth, or Yatu, was created. Yay! But I just felt like that was such an unnecessary plot. Like, <laughs> kind of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Also, exactly. the meeting never, I would be so pissed. <laughs> so annoyed that this meeting never happened. I traveled all this way. I know. <laughs> okay. So, now let's talk about all of the different gods that are, like, featured or talked about in the different stories. And, um, obviously, there are These are some, the ones who didn't die. Huh? It's everyone. Okay. There's some, there some, like, inconsistencies and repetitiveness mm-hmm. and... We've heard a lot about the different um children of Sinukuan. It changes across the different yeah. stories, right? Like how like how in Norse mythology sometimes Loki is Odin's brother. Yeah. Instead of his son. Yeah. Or um Nod is the the son and not and not a brother. So yeah. very different things. Anyways. True. Okay, so who are the Kapampangandi? And I'll show you a picture because there's this really great comic artist. And if you Google Kapampangan gods and goddesses, you would always see his art there. Nice. Because he created like amazing art. We should tag him. Yeah, we'll tag him and um I'll show some of the pictures here. We'll also show it in the um YouTube video. So obviously the main supreme being is Mangacha or Mangacha, the great elder who's creator of the heavens, and it's said that she is the net weaver because she made fabric and at the night the stars shown through the holes of the fabric, right? And then we get into familiar people. Mm-hmm. Um, Aring Sinukuan or yes. King Sinukuan, the Kapampangan sun god of war and death. Mm-hmm. So again, this is like early accounts. Oh. War and death. That's why Suku means the end. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he taught the early inhabitants the industry of metallurgy, woodcutting, rice culture, and even waging war. Very productive. That's why he's one of the main gods, right? Then yeah. Apopalyari is the moon god who lives in Mountain Atubo and is the ruler of the eight rivers. So these are the, I think, I don't know for sure. I think these are the rivers that used to kind of stem out from the Pampanga River mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm not very good with water geography. I should have posted. Let me try to see if I can get a map and we'll post it there. And then Tala. Uh, the bright star is the one who introduced wet rice culture. In some stories, Tala is the... What is wet rice culture? Wet rice culture is um the way that we plant rice in the Philippines. Which is in the Palapil. Yeah, the... so it's an irrigated field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, Is it's there like... another way to plant rice? Is there dry rice? rice I don't know, actually. We should look into that. I, I don't know about wet rice culture. I only know. Isn't he that though? Whatever. He he is. Thing. He is the president of uh the 
Farmers, Philippine Farmers Association. <laughs> but in Batangas, we don't do rice kasi. In Batangas, we do gulay, uh, vegetables, pechay, um, and some fruit. When we were grade 2, we had, visit the mountain. We had to have a field trip to Balacan. And they make you go visit like a rice field. And we... Did you have to walk on the we rice planted. field? We planted. We planted rice. Oh, like in Yusang. Magtani may diwiro. Magtani may diwiro. Maghapaw na ka. It is backbreaking work. Um, there was no, there was no other way. There, I like there was no hat for this. <laughs> I guess wet rice culture really just means he taught she or he taught them irrigation. Probably right. Yeah. Uh, how do you keep the fields irrigated during the planting season? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll ask my dad too. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Munag Sumala is one of the children of Munag Ari Sinukwara, Sinukwara, who represents the dawn. And she is also known, he or she is also known as the golden serpent. Mm-hmm. What? Lakan Danub, mm-hmm. or Lakan Danub, is the son of Ari Sinukwara, is the god of gluttony, and represents the sun at noon. Mm-hmm. And then there's a person called um, Gatpanapun. Mm-hmm. And Gatpanapun in Kapampangan means the afternoon, throughout mm-hmm. the afternoon. So, Gatpanapun is the son of Ari Sinukuan, the noble who only knew pleasure. And his name means afternoon in Kapampangan language. And I think the reason why it says here that he only knows pleasure is typically people would siesta or rest mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So that's why he only knows like to chill out. He's like the chill guy. Because you work on the farms in the morning, in the early morning. Yeah. You harvest in the early morning. And the afternoon is like lunch, then nap time. Yeah. So I think that's also why the Simbangabe, which is nine days of going to church right before Christmas, Christmas is always at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because I think that practice stems from the agricultural yeah. um, culture. People had to go to the fields when the sun was up. Mm-hmm. So they would have all of the masses in the morning. And then yeah. people would go work in the fields, yeah. come back for lunch, siesta in the afternoon. And yeah. that was it. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's Katpanapun. And then Sisilim, the child of Apo Malyari, she represented the dusk and was greeted by the songs of the cicada oh. upon her arrival. So it Sisilim also means dusk in Katpanapun. In the Takipsi. Yeah. And then Galura, who we mentioned earlier, was the winged assistant of Aring Sinukuan. And here he was represented by a giant eagle. And he's it said that he is um the god of storms or he's the bringer of storms. Because of his yeah. Like Native Americans. Yes. The Thunderbird. And do you remember the Naga? Yes. So the Naga are serpent deities known for their protective nature. Um and you know they're very uh, prolific in Kapampangan mythology because a lot, a lot of, of rivers. Yeah, and a lot of structures um, have the image of the Naga, and that's typically a talisman to protect against fire. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And then there's another god called the Lakan Danum, which is a variant of the Naga. And Lakan is a no. I thought it was a Tagalog. I thought Lakan, Lakan is like a lord. Right? Yeah, but I thought it was a Tagalog. Tagalog designation. I didn't know it was Kapampangan. Well, I'm sure we share some words. So, can I show you the comic? Okay. So, this is by, um, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Jenner. 
Jenner, like I Or Jenner. 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 It's by Jenner. Pedrinha. Jenner. And he uh, made the comic called Sanduguan. Okay. And then he features some of like the gods. Look at the art. Oh my god, Amazing. I love it. I then I will post it. Here's the cabbage. Can you see it? Yeah, a little. Okay, no. I'll post it there. So you guys will see it. So he That's draws so all of them. Look, this is the Buaya. This Ganda. is Galuda. Who's, then, who's this Moana look, look, type look. figure? So we'll go here. So Wow. Like, wow. Oh, focus. I will send you guys a link. Okay. To this page where he, it's amazing because I think he features some of the gods of the different um, mm-hmm. pantheons. So he has Tagalog gods as well mm-hmm. in his comic. So here he kind of goes through their backstory and then he has a drawing. So this is his interpretation of Sinukuan. Sinukuan kind of looks like Thor. He looks like very Batala like in the rendering, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind mm-hmm. of the. He's kind of like buff daddy. Yeah, like a buff daddy. Like Triton. Yeah. Right? So he's also known as Aldo, Apolaki, great grandfather, etc. Um, Apo, Apolaki, Apo is Apo Malyari. Why does he look like a Chinese pirate? Why does he look like Sinbad? Why does Apo Malyari have like a uh um uh, Popeye arms? <laughs> like Sinbad. Yeah. So this is Apo Malyari, and then uh, so see, this is how he features Ganda. them. It's so nice. And then these are the other ones. So this is Mangachai. Oh, wow. Mangachai looks just like a, a looks, outline. He looks like, who's that entity in the Marvel? The Watcher? Universe? No, not the Watcher. Uh, oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. But but if you guys see it. It just looks like I an mean. outline. You know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. So that's Mangachai. This is... um. Ibambanwa, Father Time. That's what Ooh. it means. It's kind of like Kronos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is Indung Laut, Mother Ocean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this is Indung Tibuan, the great ancestor, beloved Crocodile Earth Mother. She looks like the volcano lady from... Mo- yeah, she looks like... Um, the Tepiti. 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 Yeah. So, the Sinuhuan. This is Akong Malyari. This is supposed Ooh. to be the daughter, Munag Sumaga. Uh-huh. Maria Sinukua, so the red dawn. Abak, this morning, in Kapampangan. Ugtungaldo, this is the uh, high noon. That's what it also means in Kapampangan. And supposedly, this is Lakandanuk, um, the goddess of hunger and famine. Oh, but because but also noon, Because high noon is when you get so hungry. I'm so hungry. They're all very sexy. Got Panapun, so the god of rest and recreation. Yes. And then you see them, the twilight. Pretty. Kapitangan, goddess of darkness. This is Manalastas, the rooster, husband of Munag Sumala. But Patalastas means commercial. <laughs> Manalastas. Manalastas. Maybe Talastas is like an big announcement. announcement. Maybe. Of the etymologist or not. Ah, uh, not the savior of man from the great flood. I don't know the story yet, so that's something that we can look into. This is He's also something known as Tala. Lakanbini, the goddess of rice and the concert of Tala. But she has snakes. I don't know if this gets into his own story now. I, I don't know. Um, Naga Lakanbini. Isn't it 
is a great resume. Yes, he looks Guys, like a... We're gonna photo these are so this. great. So, and then another version of Lakandami. The Ganda. Ganda. Lakanapi. God of Fire. It's Blue Fire. Because Api is a boy. Okay? Yeah. Angin. Angin. <laughs> Very kapampangan. This is the Kargen Kargo and the God of Strength. So, remember, in some versions, he's, he's the, the great strong giant, yeah, right? Who lifted um, Arayat from Kandaba to Arayat now. There's Galura, the God of the... You know what it sounds like? Supposedly, it sounds like Garuda. It's also He's also known as Garuda sometimes. Garuda is Krishna. Uh, uh, Krishna? Vishnu's Lord Vishnu's Yeah, seat. because we have a lot of Indian influences, yeah. uh, Hindu influences, sorry, yeah. in Kampanga and Kapampanga in Tagalog. Yeah. Apong Iru, the God of the Eight Rivers, Lao, Lao, the dragon. Remember? Lao yes. or Lao. Yeah. And then. Very cool. Yeah, so do check out um, his art and his page. I don't know if he's still updating it because I remember I was trying to look for it. Oh, the last part, I just wanted talk through a little bit of how portrayals of Sinakuan have evolved throughout the years. Uh-huh. Because I think it does speak a bit about, you know, what was prevalent in culture or history at the time and what we can learn from it. And then there was one historian who has a theory that Sinakuan is based on an actual person. Ooh, nice. Um, and he looked into some um, documents from like Chinese accounts of Trade and travel to the Philippines oh. um, as basis. This is all unverified, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, hypothesis, hypothesis mm-hmm. by this person. So you asked me earlier where, what Tinhuan meant, right? Mm-hmm. And again, based on the, I guess, a lot of the Tagalog influence stories, you have the interpretation that we can kind of um, figure today based on what we know Suko means in Tagalog. Suko is to give up. So if you're Sinukuan, it must be someone who you give up to. Yes. Right? But according to um, some scholars, his name was not derived from the Tagalog verb. Um, and there was um, a Spanish friar called Fray Diego Gregano, and he wrote um, a Kapampangan dictionary. Ah. And in that dictionary, it said that suku is defined as an indeterminate end. Okay. And in some sources, it also means invincible. Oh. Or respected winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um now I talked about some versions of how a riot um or the mountain was made, right? And I don't know why, to be honest, Kandaba features so heavily. People of Kandaba, maybe you can let us know. <laughs> but um in some versions of the origin, so um there's this piece. A priest called uh, Martin de Zuniga. He said the mountain, which at the time could be viewed from Manila Bay. I believe it. When there are no skyscrapers. Yeah. yeah. It was created by a giant whirlpool at the beginning of time. And in, in some versions of the Kandaba story, so this version is one by Evangelina, Evangelina Hilario Lapson, and you know, also another version by Don Pedro Serrano. So Sinukuan uh, tried to establish relationship with um, people in Kandaba. So he actually initially set out mm-hmm. to really be based in Kandaba. So he built a bridge um, out of rocks that would connect him to them. Because at the time, there were a lot of theories on air bridges, land mm-hmm. bridges, and stuff like that. So he was building a bridge so that he could be more connected to them. And then he could, you know, 
basically provide for them, mm-hmm. right? wanted to take care of them. So before he could finish the bridge, he asked one of his servants. He wanted to sponsor Kanya. He asked one of his servants, his servant was an Aita, okay. um, to buy Darak. So remember Darak? Darak, the, the, the rice husk. Rice husk. To use as feed for his um, pig. Okay. Yeah. So the the servant went and then the servant then the feed you feed the pig to the kandawa. Huh? The feed would be the pig that's missing. Okay. So you just needed that. Okay. And then um the servant would pay using ginger roots. And what do we know of ginger roots? It's gold. Technology? It's in, it's gold. Ginger is gold. So eventually, the townspeople who realize that the ginger turned into gold. Yes. So the next time that the servant went back. To buy the they they made a plan to um oh no greedy to abduct the and kill the servant and steal all the ginger from him. But Suku found out about the plan. Oh, so no. he was like so disappointed with the people of Kandaba, he severed ties with them, he punished them, By and then death. he moved the mountains to its current location. So we just looked it up. Kandaba and Arayat are 30 literally minutes. 30 minutes away from each other, it's very near. I don't know enough about you know what the you know what I think. Kandaba, but again, you know what I think. If there's a depression, it's a swamp. Probably it used to be a nice location, and then it got flooded. So I think the people from Araya are like Judgy Judgerson, and they don't like Kandaba, and they and so they made up this whole story to justify their regionalism and say like, you guys are really assholes. I can't verify that. Not being from anywhere near that area. I no idea. Don't quote me. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So that's the story. Okay. Right? Now, in 2001, there was a researcher called Emerson Sanchez, and mm-hmm. he decided to conduct field work to search for a written Kapampangan version of the exact story of Oxin Okay. Right? Closest to the orally transmitted versions. But all the versions he found were written in English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um. And the Kapampangan versions were usually just adaptations or translations mm-hmm. or like creative interpretations of the work. Yeah. So we couldn't find the original one. And this is where it gets interesting because you could see all the different versions of who Sinoku and is, mm-hmm. right? So he was either a giant, uh-huh. a god, mm-hmm. a server, a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he was evil. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he was benign. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he was a man. Sometimes mm-hmm. he was a woman. He could be generous, but he could also be very cruel. He would, mm-hmm. be, he would, um, uh, you know, he was capable of making pranks, um, even cruel pranks on people. Um, he was either a very handsome man, or he had the power to transform himself into any any animal that he wanted, like Zeus. <laughs> and I, I, and I felt like there was like an Old Testament, like New Testament vibes because in pre-Hispanic times. Um, the portrayal of Sinukuan was, you know, a god who possessed powers of nature. He could create storms, you know, that would last for yeah, years. And he would punish people he didn't like by turning them into animals. Right? A lot of stories turned into swine. I guess people have a love fix. I know. <laughs> but I mean, again, CC. <laughs> they said that when Christianity came to Pampanga, Suku stories of him, he started becoming a more of a benign god, a more loving kind of figure, um, much more like the image of the Catholic god uh, introduced by the Spaniards. And in the stories, his three daughters were given Christian names. 
So their names became Rosalina, Rosaminda, and Doña Maria. I don't know where one is a Doña and the other is not. But you know what reminds me of Claudine Barreto's telenovela? Rosa, oh, Ros- Rosalie, uh, Rosario. Ro- Rosalinda. No, no, no. Rosalinda is different. That's the one based on Talia. Oh. Rosemary, Rose. Anyway, it's a Claudine Barreto. Thing. Yeah, and there's triplets, right? Yes, the triplets. Three, 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 Claudine Barreto portrayed triplets. What they were all the movie. Whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and one was like very conyo. One was like very. They were all separated rich. at birth. And then one was like middle class. Up, middle class, and one grew up in a poor family. <laughs> typical. Typical. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the other version, in another version of the story, you know, one did seem like Circe. Because mm-hmm. um, she was an enchantress who lived in a gorgeous house. As I drink from my goblet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the last theory that I. I think it's interesting. I think it's a bit far-fetched, but I don't know because I'm not a historian. So there's a theory that Sinopoan was a real historical being, right? And he was you know, your no 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the punchline of this. No, <laughs> and it reminds me of you know we talked about a couple of stories where you kind of attribute supernatural. Was it supernatural qualities to great people mm-hmm. to commemorate them after death? Like remember, yeah. remember Apu. Oh gosh, what was his name? The mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He eventually there were stories that so in in um, mummy, mummy yeah, yeah, we talked about a real life the mummy right that came from the Philippines and. In stories that eventually evolved about this mummy, this most famous mummy in that region, the fire mummies, right? Um, we started attributing a lot of like godlike characteristics. And the stories evolved in such a way that he was the a demigod, his dad was a yeah. god, married a mother, etc. And I feel like so one of the theories is is this a similar thing Maybe. where like uh, Uduha, for example, yes, right, someone who was a powerful figure in history, and they decided to kind of mythologize, yes, um, this person, yeah. So, like, Lala Yubatay, Jose Rizal, Rizal, the Rizalistas, like a, a dude, yeah, who you know turns into a who lives in uh, what's his name, and he never died. So, you know. So, the evidence supposedly comes from a Chinese historian mm-hmm. who documented the relationship um, of um, uh, southern China with the Philippines. Okay. Because they had a lot of trade with China and especially good relationship with southern China at that time. So, they trade with products mm-hmm. and a lot of cultural exchange also yes. happened. So, they say that the earliest written accounts about the Philippines as we know it today and mm-hmm. that culture mm-hmm. in this country was actually written by a Chinese historian I believe it. in 1225. Yeah. So it's yeah. found, there was a, you know, an account of various barbarians. Uh, not in the derogatory way, but just like people outside of, yeah. of their country. Yeah. And uh, the Philippines was called uh, Mai. Mai. M-A apostrophe I. That was the pre-colonial name of that area. We don't, obviously... We weren't, Philippines, we weren't one. Philippines as a Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao, that thing. As, as a country. <laughs> was defined by the Spanish, like just yeah. different parts. See, yeah, there was different time. colors. So it different probably parts. was the kingdom of, you know, people of Luzon. Yeah, yeah. Which is this big island over here. That's an inaccurate. This island. See how close we are to India. 
So, according to the Filipino historian Michael Michael Pangilinan and uh, linguist Hiraoki Kitano, so there was a thesis in 1967 by Wang Tanu, and he referred to old Chinese documents that tried to reconstruct the relations between China and the early settlers of Luton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is in an interview conducted by J.P. Maliari. And there were passages... J.P. Maliari? Any relation to Apo Maliari? <laughs> Maliari is like a Pampanga I know. Yeah. So there were passages there that mentioned a certain suku, mm-hmm. the king of Luzon, and the Pulanki. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. And in... 17th of October, 1405, there was a record of gifts from Luzon presenting tributes to the Chinese government. They recorded in the same year the Chinese fleet, you know, traveling to the Philippines, exchanging goods, etc., etc. And uh, that's why they say that could this king of Luzon mm-hmm. actually be Suku? Mm-hmm. Right? Because again, Luzon couldn't have been part of the Kapam. Could it have been peopled by the Kapampangas yeah. as we know them today? Yeah. We mix with the Tagalogs, we don't know. Um, and so the question was, who is the king of Luzon, who was also mentioned by Miguel Lopez de Legazpi in his, 19, in his 1567 report, mm-hmm. right? Because accounts say that the king of Luzon is none other than the Lakandula of Tondo. Oh! So for perspective, if you did not take grade school uh, history in the Philippines, Miguel Lopez de Legazpi was the leader of the second delegation that arrived in the Philippines from Spain. So the first one Magellan. was Magellan in the 1520s, 1520-ish, 1521. And then the next batch was in 1565. Yeah, took that long to come back. And they mostly, they initially they just went to Visayas and then eventually they went up uh, north, yeah. um, to Luzon. Yeah. And so the question is, what does... The kingdom of Tondo have to do with the Kamampangas, right? Yeah. And again, according to uh, some scholars, two major groups of shelter, shelter, settlers that lived along the riverbanks of Pasig and Pampanga are the Tagalogs and the yeah, Pampangas, right? Uh, and they were associated with each other as early as 980. Yep. Yeah. These are just some of the supposed connections. Could be the same person or could be just, they just took a name. Yeah. So they say the old Nakandula is said to be a native of the Tabungao of Kalumpit province, which is now in Bulacan. Mm-hmm. And he was a sovereign chief of Tondo. Mm-hmm. Right? So people like Suku, the king of Luzon, and Apulaki could only be referring to one person in the name of Lakandula, the old Lakan of Tondo. Oh. The king of Luzon, the recognized leader by the main emperor and that of the people in Borneo. Remember I had a teacher before mm. that I told you that she made up songs mm. uh, for the region. Like... Mm. Ilocos Norte, Ilocos Sur, Lanao, Da, Pukunyon, Mountain Province, Pangasinan, Benguet, Region 1. And then they changed all of the regions after okay. after I memorized all the regions and all the provinces in the region. She, she also had another song called La Candula, Pinuru Nantundo, Dun 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 Mrs. Deliosa, I love you. <laughs> so anyway, that's a theory. So it, it's a very, you know, out there theory. I think yeah. obviously historians are still very skeptical about that. It also doesn't sound like, I don't know if it's very... And maybe it, 
maybe here's the other thing, right? So, could Suho have become a title? Yeah. At some point, like, yeah, if you worship a god and then you start... Or like if he, if he had certain qualities. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you use like cool and mean or, or braster. People people get names mm. like in 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 Tagalog. Mm. People get names based on their qualities. So that is what we've learned so far about Kapampangan mythology. Yay! Um, I am surprised that I didn't know about like ninety percent of that because I think going into the podcast we knew about. Patala a little bit. Yeah, Apumalya, Apulaki. Apulaki, Mayari, and stuff like that. Tala. We mostly... Tala was like Tagalog, Tagalog goddess. Yeah, we mostly heard about those stories. And I was asking my mom, actually, this morning, I was like, have you heard about, like, Sinukuan and Malyari and whatever? And I was asking her, do you know what the meaning of Malyari is in Kapampangan? Because... What is it? I don't know if there's any other meaning, but Malyari is to happen. Like mangyari. Like nanong mangyari. What happened? What's gonna happen? Yeah. So I don't know. That. Yeah, but she hadn't heard of it. But then her reply was, "I always thought mangyari was a Spanish name because um, it's a double L." No, I think the, 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 the double L is a Spanishization of the spelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because remember we talked about this. Yes. Um, when the Spanish first came, they didn't have a lot of like letters to represent the pronunciations. Mm-hmm. So the the city of the town of Guagua, it actually used to be called Guagua, but the Spanish couldn't pronounce that, so they called it Guagua. They recorded it as Guagua instead. So yeah, my mom. So I asked my mom, "Do you know about like Sukuan and Malyari and whatever?" And she was like, "No." But then again, I wasn't really paying attention in school, so maybe I just missed. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. they noticed. And I just missed it. But but also like again, we we're talking about this before with budget about curriculum yes. in school, right? And so like um, the way that we do a deep dive into Western literature, yeah, um, and a very shallow dive—not a deep dive, but a shallow dive. We a just skim. we just snorkel, <laughs> we just snorkel in the world of yeah. of Philippine literature, mythology, and everything. Because what are the things that we and we not cover? even schools, huh? But what are the things we cover? Balantas. In, in it's Florante et Laura, yeah, and Ibo Adarna, yeah, which are like they're epics, yeah. They're awits, right? They're yeah. songs. Yeah. And obviously they're written by Filipinos, but they're, you know, written during the Spanish period. Yeah. They reflect a lot of the values and practices yeah. at that time. But also also one story, one epic per year. By the way, before we covered Lam Ang, did you remember any of the things? I remember the chicken. The chicken. I just that's the only thing I remember. Because you know why? Because there was a cartoon. There was a cartoon at some point in my youth. Yeah. A bad one. So we don't cover a lot of, you're right, we don't cover a lot of the pre-colonial mm-hmm. uh, literature mm-hmm. that we do have. Yeah. It does exist. Yeah. Um, And I feel like if there was more interest, then maybe there would be, I don't know, more funding, more research that goes yeah. into it. I was struggling so hard to get sources for this topic because it's you know it's behind the paywall mm-hmm. it's in reference libraries that obviously in Singapore I don't really yeah. have Filipino uh, Heritage Library shout out 
So, I mean, thank you to all the scholars and, and all of the, you know, academics who have shared their learnings online. I'm going to obviously share a full list of resources. Well, but the thing about it is a lot of people are, a lot of people are covering it, summarizing, doing analysis in, in, in an academic sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, we ordered we ordered a ton of books from Canada. I think like boxes of books, and and the lady we were talking to said, "Oh, are you academics? Are you guys academics? Or do you don't you guys want to study this from an academic sense?" We're like, "No, recreational." And they're like, "Okay," because <laughs> they were dense. They were very dense volumes and yeah. stuff. And so I said, like, but it's it's happening more and more, more and more. There are more and more stories that are coming out. Halia, which is a series series that I want to see. Parts of parts of mythology are making their way into the MCU, comics, and comics. Yeah, but also like in but in popular culture, much the same way as Thor is making it made its way in in popular culture. So now that there are several adaptations of Makiling, hopefully we see adaptations of Sinukuan. Yes. Of Maliari. Yes. Uh, and uh, we get to learn about all of these other stories that we have. I wish. I wish. There was a next generation Mars Ravello. Because mm-hmm. Mars Ravello created the mythos of of heroes that that reference our mythologies. Darna, Captain Barbell, you know, but they, they reference stories from mythology. Trials, the, the villains. In the same way that like um, you know, Marvel Comics exactly Greek exactly. mythology, Norse mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hopefully there's like a there there's and you know a lot of people have been making a lot of content nowadays. It would be like really nice for more and more and more and even more, more and more and more pa <laughs> more pa more pa ano pong yeah malyari what will happen? So uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We I tried to keep it short. Did I try that hard? I didn't try that hard. <laughs> but uh, we hope that it was a worthwhile... It was uh, a solid C effort on making it. <laughs> we hope it was a worthwhile deep dive for you guys. We know that you, a lot of you have been requesting for more episodes and stories that talk about gods and goddesses that we have. We are called the gods must be crazy. And... Uh, if you want us to feature any other mythology or any other kind of pantheons that we have, if you know of any specific stories about these gods or the Kapampangan pantheon that maybe we haven't heard, you heard from your Lolo or your Lola, please let us know. We like collecting stories and sharing them as well. And uh, hey, Anima, where can they find us? They can find us at the pod on Instagram. And you can listen to us. Oh, we're on Facebook too. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts. And now we are on YouTube as well. And we did promise you the last time that we're going to share with you some really nice messages that we got from some people. So we're attaching at the end of this um, message. We have a really nice message from Gretchen Suki. She calls herself Grateful Benign. Okay. But thank you so much. And we want to give a shout out to Ralph Barrientos. He sent us a message, I think, a few months ago. And maybe I'll just read it because I feel like I find it really sweet. So he said, hello, Ice and Anima. I really love your podcast. Hey, Ralph. 
I deal with a lot of debilitating chronic pain. So some days all I can do is stay in bed, eyes closed. And your podcast has been a great companion through all of this. You guys keep me sane. Love. A lot of my references growing up are mostly foreign, from anime to Western films. And Us your podcast too. has helped me find more interest and appreciation for Filipino folklore. I love that. I also really love that you're doing Drag Race for the Beast on YouTube. That was uh, last year. Your takes are fun and informative. Hopefully you feature more fear content in the future, as I think we have a lot of pre-colonial fear history. Thanks again, and keep making great content, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. We did feature, I think in the first or the second installment of the Babaylan, a bit more about, you know, trans uh, Babaylans, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or how some people born as cis male chose mm-hmm. to train and live as women mm-hmm. and become Babaylan. So that's, if you're interested in that, if you haven't listened to the Babaylan episode, that is episode 20, 28. 28. 28. <laughs> Priestess medium healer guy. Yeah. So give it a listen. So, you know, we love hearing from you guys. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us a rating or review. And as we said, we love getting your messages. So, you know, feel free to send us a message on Instagram or leave us a voice note like uh, Gretchen did on anchor.fm. That's it. Until next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. This is Suki, a Filipino Filipino-American. Um, thank you for your podcast. It's so funny and entertaining, and I think it's a great supplementary way to celebrate Philippinex history. Um, and plus, you keep it entertaining, so I love it. It's like being a child listening to your favorite movie slash story, bedtime stories. Um, I've been mentioning you to everyone I know, Philippinex, white, whatever, and I, even to like my favorite other podcasts on Spotify. They're called Tifa, short for the Filipino American Woman Project. It'd be cool if you like connected with them um, because your stuff would be great to add to their podcast and you are Panay. So like they cover mostly Panay and interview with Panay's. But yeah, just wanted to drop a thank you. Grateful for you guys. And I can't wait for you to release more episodes because I've listened to all of them. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Happy Filipino American History Month. Mm-hmm.